0: great news side retired is now partnered with SeedGeek. for all ticketing needs go to seedgeek.com and use promo code side retired pod in all capitals for twenty dollars off your first order we've got you covered from all things ranging from sporting events to concerts including the 2022 world series the nfl and nhl yes this means we're officially taking you out to the ball game and now for today's edition of side retired podcast Well, we are two games in, two great games into the 2022 World Series between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Houston Astros, and we are deadlock even one game apiece. We are now headed off to Philadelphia for three games that will begin on Monday, Halloween, October 31st. These first two games happened in Houston, a lot to discuss, so we figured, give you guys somewhat of an instant reaction. We're recording immediately after the last out of game two, Phillies took game one. Astros took Game Two. Jack, your overall impressions on how this World Series has gone so far over the past forty-eight hours?
1: It's certainly a banger to start with. Game One has the Astros took out an early lead on three home runs, uh, two from Kyle Tucker, one in, inside the Parker from Martin Maldonado, and you know they looked at, immediately they were handing the ball to the pitcher who many people considered to be their ace, Justin Verlander. He's probably going to win the American League Cy Young. They showed up a stat: the Astros are un, were undefeated. One leading by five runs in the playoffs in the entirety of the existence of the franchise. Yet the Phillies pulled off the impossible. They got, they touched up Verlander. Dusty Baker decided to leave in the pitcher and not get anyone up, despite the fact that this these runs did not come via the big blow of a home run. Rather, stringing together doubles and singles, and those numerous hits were the uh, you know yielded the result of knocking Verlander out of the game when it was too late. The game remained tied. The bullpen shut it down until the tenth. And J.T. Romuda, who had tied the game at five, played hero again and what, hit the game-winning home run in the top of the 10th. Phillies take game one, a shocker to many, especially after the, the Astros took to their lead. You know, I think uh, several people uh, consider this, you know, the, the Phillies be playing with house money these games just because they go home, they're undefeated at Citizen Bank this playoff. But, you know, I think, you know, you could talk about home field advantage. I prefer more so to look at the advantage of the Phillies had this had – their aces going games one and game two. And these are the two pitchers who compete with the Astros. Look at the game three matchup. They're likely to be throwing rangers Suarez. rangers Suarez, he's a very good pitcher. I would not put him on the same caliber as Lance McCullers or Christian Javier, probably the guy more likely to be getting the ball game three. So, you know, you're having a much more comparable starter in these first two games. You're looking like when Noel is getting shelled, that's not a good sign, especially this year. You know, game two, uh, we'll sneak peek ahead to what we're going to talk about in a little bit. Zach Wheeler did not have have it tonight, you know, got roughed up three extra base hits to start the game, and Houston put up another five spot on the the Phillies starter. So these are the two best guys out of the entire Phillies pitching staff. These are your two guys, Aaron Noah, Zach Wheeler, both are top ten pitchers in the entirety of the league. Yeah, the Astros, you know, hit them both like they were routine, um, non-high leverage guys. So that's something to be worried about if you're a Phillies fan. I know, you know, tied, there's not really much, you know, asking for a sweep would have been a lot. You you definitely want to take that. But I don't think it's a good sign when your two best pitchers are getting roughed up immediately. So, you know, it is, it is the, a small sample size. It's hard, you know, to base it off of. We don't know what's in store for the rest of the remainder of the series. The bats could go cold on the Houston side. But I think the main takeaway has to be how the Astros hitting – has annihilated the the Phillies' two best pitchers on a pitching staff that is rather thin. And as we look to the, the remainder of the series, I think the Astros have to be pretty feel pretty good after the monstrosity that was game one. They still escape with a split, and they, I'd say they still, despite losing home field advantage, which should be the heavy favorites to win this.
0: And I think, though, we are talking about pitchers <laughs> struggling. We do need to mention Justin Verlander struggled again in game one, gave up five runs. I think, and we mentioned this in our interview if you haven't checked out with Brett Chauncey of the Lock On Pod or Locked On Asker, excuse me, podcast. He came on with us to preview this series. Great interview, great guy. Definitely check that one out right below this episode if you haven't yet done so. Basically, Brett said he wasn't worried about Justin Verlander just because Verlander of the Past is the Verlander of the past and his performance in 2021, 2019, those World Series isn't going to matter when you look at what he would do today. However, you do have to think about how it's been concerning that he blew up against the Mariners. He pitched well against the Yankees, but of course, everyone pitched well against the Yankees in that series. And now he's stuck against the Philadelphia Phillies. So you do have to wonder, is Justin Verlander not the ace that the Astros expect him to be right now in the playoffs? However, as we saw in game two, and we can jump to that if you want and you're ready to. Framber Valdez was a lead again, six and a third innings, one earned run. His postseason ERA is down to 1.42. He's done a really good job stepping in. If you haven't checked out yet the side retired TikTok, we have a story from that Brett Chauncey interview where we talked about, so what did? Uh, how was Fram Valdez picked up by the Astros? It's a really cool story back when he was in the Dominican Republic as a young 16-year-old, so definitely check that out as well. But Jack, your thoughts on game two? Wheelers we mentioned, got roughed up. Alex Bregman is starting to get really hot. Jose Altuve his best game of the postseason he had three hits his average is up to 171 and the Astros are beginning to click and this is what we really think is Astros baseball great pitching lockdown bullpen and a lineup that hits from top to bottom
1: yeah you know when you look at the top especially you know much of those guys had gone cold in the ALCS prior besides Jordan Pena you know um, Bregman was good, but, you know, not much from Jordan or Altuve for the CS versus and then Altuve, not really anything from the DS either. So those guys weren't really playing to the capacity, the full capacity that we expect for them. You know, Jordan went from being the guy who could carry in the DS to not being really a, being a non-factor in the sweep. At the Astros had in the championship series. Then you got Pena, who's been uh, playing playing very well in the playoffs. You got Bregman, who's been on fire. I remember listening to someone give a hot take about uh, Bregman being this is the best version of him we've ever seen. You know, back in you know around the midsummer because of his you know his zone contact and his his uh you know his great batter's eye and how he's been hitting better. You know, looking at his setting his batting average in different counts and how he's been even better. And you know, by, by a peripheral standpoint, than his 2019 MVP campaign. And he's certainly proving that right right now. Bregman has been fantastic. And then Martin Maldonado, you know, he's a guy who had a fantastic championship series performance, hit the inside the Parker in game one, and who had some controversy over how the rules was bad. Not much in game two, but certainly if you're having him beat you while the top of the lineup for the Astros is going, it's going to be very hard for any team to win, let alone the 87-win Phillies. So this team is rolling in all cylinders. For, you know, uh, Frambert's standpoint, I would say going in, he would be the guy I consider to be the best pitcher on the entirety of this pitching staff, despite, you know, the sub-two ERA Justin Verlander's put up. Frambert has been fantastic. You know, he generates ground balls and eliminates fly balls at a rate un- unseen throughout the rest of the major leagues, making it very hard. To clip him via the home run ball, and then when he's also striking out nine and forcing ground balls, eliminating base runners via double plays, it's just going to be very hard to generate any kind of offense off him. And so, that scene you know, this Philly lineup, while in game one, they really didn't use it for their offense, besides JT Realmuto in the 10th. They are certainly reliant on the home run ball with Bryce Harper, Reese Hoskins, Romuto, Castellanos, Schwarber. They are certain they're guys who are going to crush, and you know, Schwarber just missed a couple. Tonight, but these these guys they they are reliant on the home run ball. That's the way October is. And when you have a guy who takes that out of the game plan, he's going to be very effective, as Frammer was tonight. I've seen things about him cheating, which you know is not is you know very typical uh, for how the playoffs are shaped up. For starting first with Joe Musgrove in his ear. I don't there's, there's nothing conclusive. No one's even citing increases in spin. You know, it's gotten to the point where we exa- hyper focus on tendencies of guys to wipe themselves, wipe their arms, change gloves, whatever. There's I I think innocent till proven guilty has to remain uh, our focus and our, our understanding of spin rate, as there's still so much, even the experts have to figure out how this stuff translates and how a single game outlier uh you know results in terms of how it can, you know, undermine and uh, convict a guy of cheating.
0: And the last thing I want to talk about in these games, one in game two, shout out Kyle Schwarber got America free tacos. I don't think anyone expected that to be the guy. Obviously, Taco Bell is partnered with MLB, the first person to steal a base in the World Series, gets everyone in America free tacos. I think Kyle Schwarber is probably towards the bottom of that list, but Kyle took one for America and he stole a base during game one. So hats off to Kyle Schwarber for that. And game two, Jack, I don't know if you saw this. Kyle Schwarber became maybe, I don't know how you want to put it, a foot between having two home runs in the same at bat. One went just foul and the other died on the warning track. This was when the game was five to one. There was a man on base that so obviously could have been a momentum shifter. Phillies give them some life. I know you don't like the word momentum, but definitely had he hit a home run there, the Phillies are back in this ball game. Not even just momentum, but scoreboard wise, it would now be five to three. But Kyle Schober is having, as much as the numbers aren't saying, a great series because he's getting robbed. He's hitting the ball really hard. And I would not be shocked to see Kyle Schober go off, especially back in Citizens Bank Park in Games 3, 4, and 5. We will end the Phillies and Astros debate. Give us your Game 3 prediction, Jack, for Halloween night. We don't know the starting pitchers yet. It's going to be Suarez or Syndergaard and Javier or McCullers. But your thoughts on what's going to happen? Who's our hero for Game 3?
1: I think you just got to go back to the guy who's going to do, who's been doing it all throughout the entirety of the season. Offensively, someone who's going to certainly continue the performance he had early on in the postseason. I'm going to say Jordan Alvarez. The uh, the cop out answer is going to have a monster game, and you know, despite whoever the Phillies decide to throw out there, it's not going to be enough to contain Jordan when he when he goes and plays a villain in Citizens Bank Park.
0: Yuli Gurriel has been too quiet this postseason, so I'm going to say that Yuli Gurriel has a big moment in Game Three getting an extra base hit and leading the Astros to a victory. Other baseball stories that we're going to go rapid fire, Jack, like literally 30 seconds on each of these, but we want to touch upon what's happening in the baseball world. Besides the world series, first off, Nolan Arenado is not going to opt out of his contract. He is going to stay with the Cardinals for the next five years at $144 million. There was some speculation He might be able to get more from a Dodgers a Mets, a Yankees, looking for a big time third baseman. Instead, he's going to stay in St. Louis. Anything you want to add on that subject with probably the top third baseman not going on the market?
1: Yeah, I I thought going in, it wasn't being talked about enough how good this free agency class is, partly due to Arenado, a guy who put up, you know, he Put him in the conversation with Jose Ramirez, Rafael Devers as one of, if not the best third baseman in baseball, had a fantastic year, uh, a seven war campaign, someone who's going to be receiving MVP votes, likely going to finish top five in the National League. You know, right now his AAV for the remainder of the five years he opted in is 288 you figure someone like Nolan Arenado on the open market especially when Jose Ramirez has been locked up long term, Rafi Devers could be locked up long term soon. He could be he could see himself getting a nice pay increase, but he opted to stay loyal, opt in, you know, what's the difference between 28 and 35 to a guy like that? So certainly uh, an admirable move and one that makes the Cardinals a much better outlook on their 2023 season uh, as they also brought back Adam Wainwright, so they definitely have, you know, a good, they're you know, keeping the core intact despite losing what appears to be Yadier Molino and Albert Pujols, though that has not been confirmed since the end of the Cardinals season. It looks like they're going to be running back the best corner infielders in the in the MLB.
0: And I will also add Adam Wainwright did agree to a $17.5 million contract. $10 million of that will be deferred for the next 10 years. So really not a huge cap hit for the Cardinals this upcoming season. But Wainwright, it appears, will be going one last ride. As he deservedly so, because I think this year the entire focus was on Molina and Pujols. Wainwright, I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer. That's a debate that we can have probably this offseason on an episode. But Adam Wainwright returning to the Cardinals, the other NL Central team we want to quickly note on David Stern stepped down as the general manager or the president of baseball operations for the Brewers, sparking some interest. Is in, is he going to go to the Mets? Is he going to go to the Astros? A lot of up in the air with David Sterns. Anything you want to assess on that possible situation with one of the young? Baseball Minds, who is running the Brewers. Interesting job trading Josh Hader at the trade deadline, but still generally respected as one of the best baseball minds in the industry. David Stearns, no longer the president of Baseball Operations, claims he's going to stay with the Brewers, but I bet if a team came and said, you want to be our president, he's likely snatching up that offer.
1: Uh, yeah, I think an important thing to note, though, about that is if a player team does want to snatch him up, it would have to be via trade. As as you mentioned, he is under contract. You no, know, I think it's maybe a nice transition for him. He wants to see himself go from being the guy who runs the show to be more of a, a consultant role in the, within the organization. But, you know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of musical chairs certainly going to be going on. Um, Brian Cashman is said to be brought back, but he's up up for contract. The Houston Astros ownership has been reckless in terms of their tenuring of their general manager. So despite Jim Crane's fantastic job enduring his tenure as Astros GM since uh, 2020, He's, he could possibly be on the hot seat due to the erratic behavior of his ownership. The Mets, as you mentioned, you know, might be looking into front office uh front office position. So who knows what it's going to be like. I don't think anyone uh, can really predict a thing like that, especially when it can be happen via the trade market, trade, trade market which, you know, it kind of is outside of Stern's control to a certain extent. So who knows how it's going to end up. But certainly a very well-respected baseball executive, as you mentioned, and a great hire for any team who who deems, you know, who needs him for the position.
0: Well, it probably is somewhat in his concern because he could say like, oh, I, I don't want to go to the Mets type of thing. But we do remember he is from New York, New York, grew up in the city. He was a Mets fan for whatever that's worth. Maybe he wants to be a Mets GM over the Yankees GM. The Mets have claimed they're sticking with Billy Epler as their top executive. We'll see whether that's too to be true or not. Brian Cashman's contract expires in two days, and there's still no word yet on whether he will be coming back. And as you mentioned, James Click, for whatever reason, the Astros might not like him. We put a video out there, as you can check on the Side Retired TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at Side Retired Pod. We've been saying for a while, it seems like James Click is on his way out in Houston for whatever reason, even though they're now three wins away from the World Series victory tying things all back together you've got the astros you've got the phillies in game three less than 48 hours away october 31st at 8 p.m 7 p.m 8 p.m uh 7 p.m i think this is back in eastern standard time jack lots of fun things we will be back early next week as well as check out our interview with h-town wheelhouse brett chauncey of the locked on astros podcast we've got a lot of great things ahead in the future offseason fun interviews with some players them insiders and all that fun stuff to get you all the latest but for dylan james and jack until the next time the <laughs> side is retired